Chapter Fifty of Agnes Sorrel by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifty. Flitting like shadows in a mist came many a great event in the history of France about that time, hardly known or appreciated by any except those who were the immediate actors in them. But amid them all, with a heavy heart and a dejected spirit, Jean Charost remained in exile at Briard. Why he had chosen that small town for the place of his retreat, he himself hardly knew for although no human action is probably without its motive some motives are so quick and lightning-like that all traces of them are instantly lost even in the cloud from which they issue it might be that he had been thinking deeply of the words of juvenel de royen from the second night of the siege of bourg till the moment when his sentence of banishment from the court was spoken and that he had fully made up his mind to go thither sooner or later to converse with the abbot lomelini no other inducement indeed could be imagined for briard was then as now a very dull small place with its single street and hardly defensible walls and nothing to recommend it but the smiling banks of the loire and the fine old abbey at the highest point of the whole town dull enough it was in truth to jean charost without one object of interest one source of occupation Filial love, too, had deprived him of the consolation of his mother's company. The journey from de Bracy to Briard, he thought, was too long, the difficulties and dangers in the way too numerous for her to encounter them without risk to her health or to her life, and he had persuaded her to remain and keep the management of his estates in her own hands. Thus, with a few servants, he remained at the principal inn of the place, poorly lodged and poorly fed, but heeding little the convenience or inconvenience of the body in the dull heavy anguish of the heart his spirit fretted sore within him but yet he did not venture to resist the sentence of the king unjust as it might be it was a strange state that france was in at that period nobles would actually take arms against the royal authority at one moment and submit to the most arbitrary decrees the next and not only did de bracy remain at briard in obedience of the king's command but richmond with all his impetuous spirit lingered on at Pathenay for months for some days after his arrival at the place of exile occupied with other thoughts jean charost forgot lomelini entirely and when he did remember him and recalled the words which de royen had spoken he asked himself why should i seek for information which may probably confirm the king's claim to the disposal of her i love man's mind however abhors uncertainty that thirst for knowledge which was kindled in paradise is upon us still we would rather know evil than know not on the fourth day toward eventide he set out and walked up to the abbey and paused in the grey light looking at the grey gates one of the brethren gazing forth asked him if he would come in and see the church and then de bracy inquired for the abbot and if he were still brother lomelini the monk replied in the affirmative, but said the abbot seldom received any one after sunset, unless he came on business of importance, or was an old friend. "'I am an old friend,' replied Jean Charost. "'Tell him Monsieur de Bracy is here. I will wait till you return.' He was speedily admitted, and Lomellini seemed really glad to see him. He had become an old man, indeed, with hair as white as silver, had grown somewhat bowed and corpulent and was slightly querulous withal. 
he complained of many things of man's ingratitude the dullness of the place of his abode the forgetfulness of friends the perils of the land and all those things easily borne by the robust spirit of youth which age magnifies into intolerable burdens still he seemed gratified with jean charost's visit and besought him to stay and take a homely supper with him poor monastic fare but during the course of the evening and the meal with which it concluded the young nobleman found that his old acquaintance had lost none of that quiet subtlety which had distinguished him in other days and that his taste for good things was in no degree diminished it had increased indeed like an old dog eating had become his only pleasure he had become both a glutton and an epicure before he took his departure the young nobleman asked openly and boldly for the papers which de royan had mentioned lomelini looked surprised and bewildered and assured him that monsieur de royan had made a mistake i recollect nothing about them whatever he said with an air of so much sincerity that jean charost though he had acquired a keener insight into character than in former times did not even doubt him he went back from time to time to see the old man who always seemed glad of his society and indeed jean charost could not doubt that company of any kind was a relief to one who was certainly not formed by nature to pass his days in a monastery he remarked however that lomelini from time to time would look at him from under his shaggy white eyebrows with a look of cunning inquiry as if he expected something or sought to discover something but the moment their eyes met the abbots were averted again and he never uttered a word which could give any clue to what was passing in his mind at such moments thus had time passed away not altogether without relief a few hasty lines sometimes from his mother sometimes from agnes sorrel sometimes from his own agnes gave him information of the welfare of the latter and cheered his spirits for a day but often would the momentary sunshine be clouded by dark anxieties and fears he had not heard anything for some weeks and after a long ride through the neighbouring country he was about to retire to rest when steps came rapidly through the long gallery of the inn and stopped at his chamber door it was a young monk come to tell him that the abbot after supper had been seized with sudden and perilous sickness and earnestly desired to see him instantly jean charost hurried up with the messenger to the abbey and being brought into the old man's chamber instantly perceived that the hand of death had touched him the eyes spoke it the temples spoke it it was written in every line lomelini welcomed him faintly and as jean charost bent kindly over him he said almost in a whisper bid all the others leave the room i have something to say to you as soon as they were alone together the old man said put your hand beneath my pillow you will find something there jean charost obeyed and drew forth a packet yellow and soiled his own name was written on it in a hand which he recognized at once something more something more said lomelini and searching again he found another packet also addressed to himself but the seals of this had been broken though those on the other cover had been left undisturbed without ceremony he unfolded the paper and found within a case of sandalwood inlaid with gold and bearing the letters m s f twisted into a curious monograph it opened with two small clasps 
and within were two rows of large and brilliant diamonds the brace's examination had been quick and eager and while he made it the dying man's eyes had been fixed upon his countenance as he closed the case lomelini raised his voice saying listen senor de bracy jean charost put up the packets and sat down by the old man's side he could not find it in his heart at that moment to speak harshly although he now easily divined why the packets had been kept from him so long what is it father he said bending his head what not an angry word asked lomelini not one replied jean charost i have too many sorrows of my own father to add to yours just now well then i will tell you all said lomelini you think i kept these packets on account of the diamonds that had something to do with it but there was more after you entered the orleans palace you were trusted more than me i had been the keeper of all secrets you became so the duke's daughter was put under your charge notwithstanding your youth and i resolved you should never be able to prove her his daughter i knew not that she was so replied jean charost the duke himself knew it not nay nay do not lie said lomelini somewhat bitterly i watched you i watched you both well i followed you to the covenant of the celestin where the murderer had taken sanctuary and i know the child was made over to you then though you pretended to find it in the forest on my christian faith and honour as a knight replied de bracy i heard nothing either of murderer or child at the convent of the celestin the dear babe was given to me in the forest by a tall strange wild-looking man who seemed to me half crazed saint florent himself murmured lomelini i call heaven to witness continued jean charost i never even suspected any connection between the duke and that child till long after i am not sure of it even yet be sure then said lomelini faintly the duke took her mother from that mother's husband carried her off by force one night as she returned from a great fate with those very diamonds on her neck by force murmured de bracy and then from a feeling difficult to define he added thank god for that for what said lomelini doubtless she went willingly enough women will scream and declare they are made miserable for life and all that at all events she stayed when she was there and that was her daughter for i knew the child again as soon as i saw it by the cottage by a mark upon her temple and the old father died of grief and the mad husband stole in one night and stabbed his wife and carried away the child and that is all he seemed to ramble and a slight convulsion passed over his face i know the whole he added for i had a share in the whole and a deep groan followed let me call in a priest said de bracy you have need of the consolations of the church ay ay call in a priest answered lomelini partly raising himself on his arm i would not have my corpse kicked about the streets like the carcass of a dog but do not suppose i believe in any priestly tales young man when life goes out all is ended i have enjoyed this life i want no other i expect no other i-i fear no other surely there is no other well call in a priest haste or you will be too late is this faintness is this death jean charost sprang to the door near which he found several of the monks the penitentiary was called for in haste but he was as lomelini had said too late they found the abbot passed away 
the chin had dropped the wide open eyes seemed to gaze at nothing and yet to have nothing within them something had departed which man vainly tries to define by words or to convey by figures a spirit had gone to learn the emptiness of the dreams of earth with a slow step and deep gloom upon his mind jean charest turned back to his dwelling as he went his thoughts were much occupied with the dark sad material doctrines philosophy i cannot call them creed i cannot call them which at that time were but too common among italian ecclesiastics when he was once more in his own chamber however he took forth the packets he had received from lomellini and opened the cover of the one which had the seals unbroken it contained a letter from the duke of orleans brief and sad speaking of the child which de bracy had adopted of her mother and of the jewels contained in the other packet the duke acknowledged her as his child saying i recognize her at once by the ring which you showed me as the daughter of her whom i wronged and have lost it was taken at the same time that my poor marie's life was taken for as you doubtless know she was murdered under my very roof yes i say murdered had the dagger found my heart instead of hers another word perhaps would have been better fitted for mine was a wrong which merited death i wronged her i wronged the murderer he then went on to urge jean charost to perform well the task which he had undertaken and which he had certainly well performed without exhortation and the duke ended by saying i have seen you so far tried monsieur de bracy that i can trust you entirely i know that you will be faithful to the task and as far as i have power to give authority over my child i hereby give it to you those were joyful words to jean charost and for a moment he gave way to wild and daring hopes he thought he would claim that right even against the king himself but short consideration and what he knew of the law of france soon dimmed all expectation of success the other papers which the packet contained were merely letters in a woman's hand signed marie de saint florent but they were pleasant to jean charost's eyes for they showed how the unhappy girl had struggled against her evil fate in more than one of them she besought the duke to let her go to place her in a convent where unknown to all the world she might pass the rest of her life in penitence and prayer they spoke a spirit bowed down but a heart uncorrupted several hours passed not so much in the examination of these papers as in the indulgence of thoughts which they suggested and it was midway between midnight and morning when jean charost at length lay down upon his bed End of chapter fifty